0: creature lifers welcome to today's episode today is actually a huge day for us
1: Yo, we have reached our 100th episode minus 83 uh for you mathletes out there it is our 17th episode we're trying to generate <laughs> hype and in the mid-teens and, and it can be tough
0: Hey, 17 is a really exciting number. Um, anyways, thanks for sticking around through our lame jokes and now moving on to our content. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about emotional eating. And when you think about emotional eating, it's you think about eating or overeating in response to negative emotions. So maybe you think about the movies you watch where someone has a breakup and then the person eats like four tubs of ice cream very, sort of thing.
1: Very, reliable Hollywood formula now that I think about it. That's just like a trope. Breakup ice cream.
0: Breakup ice cream. Um, but today we want to kind of expand upon that picture of emotional eating to talk about ways in which emotional eating can actually be okay and good and where it can go wrong. So we're going to have a more expansive definition of emotional eating to not just um, overeating in response to negative emotions, but more so having and experiencing emotions in response to food.
1: Yeah, we actually think that people have probably swung to the other extreme and kind of with this idea of eating can never uh, affect our emotions or we can never eat in response to our emotions. Um, and, And that. You know, springs from this idea that we've talked about so much um, over the course of our podcast. Of you know, food is just—it's too limited to do that. It—it's a—it's calories, it's nutrients, and we should never bring it into our emotions.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes people will feel shame and guilt for eating, giving them any sense of pleasure, or fe- or eating, providing any source of comfort. And you, you think of advertisements that kind of tap into this, where for rich food, sometimes the language used around them is sinfully good or indulgent, this idea that we shouldn't experience that sort of pleasure. And very similarly around more, quote-unquote, clean foods, you'll hear language of guilt-free or...
1: You know, my beloved LaCroix uh, has innocent on every can uh, because I think it's because it's like zero calories or whatever.
0: Yeah, and so all all this language, whether it's the sinfully good or the innocent, are, communi- are communicating this idea that if we get pleasure from food, we should feel sinful and guilty versus if we're eating or drinking healthy foods, we can feel free of emotions. And as Blake touched upon, I think the reason why there's this sense that we shouldn't feel emotions in our eating is because eating and food are reduced to nutrients and numbers, and the body is reduced to a machine. And so with that notion, I think comes this idea that food should only affect us physically, and it shouldn't affect us emotionally or spiritually
1: right machines don't have emotions and if our body is a machine and and food is just fuel for that machine it doesn't make sense that there would be any you know interplay between those two
0: yeah but as we've talked about again and again on our podcast we think food is so much more than a bundle of nutrients we think food is so much more than the number of calories or the number of fat grams um And I think scripture demonstrates food as being so much more expansive than nutrients. And so you think about one example from the Old Testament is the Israelites, when they're in the wilderness, they're commanded to each day receive manna or this bread-like substance from God, and the manna is supposed to remind them of God's provision and faithfulness. So again, food isn't just for, for fuel, it's, it's so much more, it's a symbol that God is with them and God is for them.
1: Right, I mean, e- even that is just such a beautiful way to think about food. How often do we look at food as a reminder that God is with us and for us and providing for us? And of course, I mean we we talk manna in the Old Testament and as we talked about before, what about communion? What about Jesus saying this bread is my body, this blood is my wine? Uh that's not. I totally got that backwards. This wine is my <laughs> blood. This blood is my wine, y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretend I said That'd that be right. Really gross. You 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 uh, you know what I meant. But yeah, as I try to make a serious point. No. Um you know, th- there's this incredible connection between God's provision and food um, that, just mi- that is missed if we look at food as this kind of calculating cold numbers game.
0: So, yeah, I think that given food is so much more than a bundle of nutrients, I think it's good and normal that food can sometimes influence our po- our emotions in a positive way. I don't think it needs to be this emotionless experience. Um, and so an example I was thinking of as I was thinking, what is a time in which food has done this for me is i have a friend here um, from taiwan who recently made me some fried rice and as i was eating the fried rice that she had prepared for me i felt so joyful so full of love and even just nostalgic of eating fried rice growing up in my home and so i think this is an example again of food was so much more it did have this emotional impact on me that was really positive and i think that's okay i think it was good to see the gift that this food was
1: right megan i remember getting home that day and you raving about it and how it was so good and how it was just a nice source of joy in the middle of the day and i mean i think what a beautiful vision of how food can affect our emotions and and that's an example of you know food just from a from a ba- normal baseline and and it's received as a good gift as we as we so often talk about. But I, I think what we're even more interested in um, with this episode is, is to think about, you know, that girl with the ice cream after the breakup. Um, and, and to think about this idea um, that it's okay to, you know, eat food in a certain way when we're feeling down. It, it's okay to um, experience food um, in response to negative emotions.
0: Yeah, we realize here there are probably a bunch of alarm bells going off in your head, and and we want to just acknowledge that we are going to nuance this, so don't <laughs> worry. But before we get to the part where we nuance what how emotional eating might go wrong, we want to first acknowledge that, yeah, I think it is okay to eat a fun treat when you're feeling down or to eat chocolate on your period. Come on now. Oh my gosh. Anyways, moving on. In the same way that I think it's okay to hug a friend when you feel upset or to take a warm bath when you're feeling anxious.
1: Right. I think sometimes Christians can have this idea that, uh, that comes from a really good place, but this idea that, you know, we can only respond to negative emotions or negative circumstances through prayer or through some form of direct reliance on God. And you know, we at Creature Life are big fans of direct reliance on God. We are never going to discourage that. Um, But I think we kind of already do, like we do this in so many ways as far as like looking to stuff that's not just God. Like, have you ever called your mom after a bad day at work or like doing poorly on a test? Like we do this, like we might say that we, you know, oh, I try to only turn to God, but we totally turn to other things.
0: Yeah, and I think that's good. I think when you think the only way that you can be faithful through a difficult emotion or a difficult circumstance is prayer, I think that really forgets that the world is God's divine creation and that so often God encounters us through the gifts of creation. God meets us and comforts us in the gift of food, the gifts of friendship, the gifts of a hug.
1: Right, I mean... I'm. I think we'd go as far as to say that like God has made this world full of delights, borrowing a little bit from C.S. Lewis here, and we can and should delight in these things that God intends for us to delight in. And we, of course, think food is just such a big um, example of that.
0: Yeah, we here at Creature Life believe that God wants us to be joyful and to delight and that includes delight for our bodies because our bodies are a huge part of us and we hope that food can be a source of delight for you and for your body.
1: So now we want to talk about, we, we want to acknowledge that emotional eating can go wrong and we want to talk a little bit about what that looks like and you know we're, we're quite keen on um, you know naming the idea that we can be way too critical our, of ourselves for how we eat. Um, and how we might eat and respond to emotions. But we also, um, we do not want to say whatsoever that we think food um, can or should be your sole response to negative emotions, that that food is not an end in itself.
0: Yeah, I think while we too often err on the side of criticizing ourselves for food bringing any sort of pleasure or comfort, we do think that food shouldn't be the sole source of comfort in all things and so I think emotional eating goes wrong when eating becomes our singular response to whatever emotions we might be feeling where eating becomes a distraction to an unpleasant emotion or experience and then prevents us from addressing the root issue at hand So an example I wanted to give of how I can recognize in myself when emotional eating goes wrong is when I stress eat. So when I stress eat, I have this feeling of feeling a little anxious and restless and my response to that is, I don't want to feel this feeling, and so I'm going to distract myself through food. And I notice that when I do this, I eat really, really fast, and often a lot more than my body wants. So my body will already feel full, and I and I know that, but I keep going. And then also, eating actually isn't the satisfying experience, this one that brings true comfort, because I'm eating so fast that I'm not even savoring the food that I'm eating. Um, But also, I know that I'm not actually addressing whatever problem that caused me to feel anxious and restless in the first place.
1: Right. I mean, I can so relate to this, too. I I definitely, when I was in college, when I would get stressed, um, I would honestly just go and buy a bunch of Airheads and just eat them really quickly. And it's the same idea you're getting at, Megan, where... It's, it's past what my body wants. It's not actually changing anything. It, it's it's actually, I would argue, reducing food to fuel or, or not a fuel, but, but it's a different sort of tool. Um, it, it's not valuing food. It's not seeing the goodness of it. It's really just what, how can I get out of this? How can I distract myself? How can I escape? Um, but there's no sense of gratitude for the food. There, there's no sense of, you know, of really, to be honest, of even actively trying to change emotions. It's more just kind of um, responding to the waves of those emotions.
0: Yeah, I think this sort of emotional eating often comes through our inability to sit with what we call of negative emotions like sadness or anxiety. And I think as a culture, and I know this in myself, I'm so resistant to those feelings. And so instead of taking the time to um, really process what those emotions are trying to tell me, what... Um, how those emotions are serving as a sort of diagnostic tool to express some sort of need. I just don't want to feel that emotion. And so then food becomes the escape or the distraction. And I'm not actually going through the work of naming that emotion, naming the needs and and seeking to really address whatever that emotion is trying to tell me.
1: And right. and, And where emotional eating misses the boat. I mean, to bring it back to creatureliness and creature language, honestly, is God didn't create food to be this magic, you know, fixer of negative emotions. We, we weren't able to, you know, we've never been able to just eat something and all of a sudden our problems go away. Our sadness goes away. Food wasn't designed to do that. We weren't created to receive food in that way. Instead, Megan, exactly like you're saying, we need to do this process of naming emotions, ideally bringing them before God, responding to them in healthier ways.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great example. If you are really, really stressed about the busyness of your schedule and all you have to do eating isn't necessarily going to be the solution to that if you don't think about you know how you might incorporate more rest in your life or whatever it might be and I think when food is just that sort of distraction the emotion's still going to be there it it maybe temporarily leaves that emotion but the emotion will still last because the problem is still there.
1: Right. So we're already hinting at it, but but let's let's dive in um in conclusion here of what it looks like to eat in an emotionally healthy way. To to even eat emotionally in a way that is positive and helpful.
0: Yeah, so I think the first the first thing is being really attuned to the emotions in our life and what they might be communicating to us. Um and I think here one thing I just want to name because I I just talked about how Often emotional eating arises from our inability to sit with negative emotions. Something really helpful for me here has been seeing emotions as actually a really useful thing. Whereas like basically what I'm trying to say is I think my response as I mentioned to negative emotions like restlessness or sadness is to be really resistant to them and to just wanna get myself out of the motion by any means possible. But I think actually emotions are a really good thing a way that you know it's part of our humanness to feel all these different emotions and so I think that idea helps me sit with them more and to think about no this emotion isn't out of coming out of nowhere it's trying to communicate something to me so really taking the time to process what the emotion is and then what why it's arising.
1: Right. And then when I think we take that mentality, um, that awareness of our emotions, when we bring that to the dinner table or or bring that to the late night snack, we're already way better equipped to um, eat in an emotionally healthy way. And I mean, the next thing we want to get at is this idea of mindfulness in our eating. Um, You know, this probably will be a full podcast in the future, but just for a bite-sized version, mindfulness involves slowing down. It, It involves this kind of awareness like we were talking about before. And you know we can definitely eat in an emotionally healthy way um, as we stop and slow down and realize the same way that Israelites did, or the way that Jesus' disciples did, that God is providing for us, and that is a that should hopefully produce a positive emotional response. And I think food can be something that helps us see that that as we eat slowly and mindfully and um, with an awareness of the richness of God's provision and whatever that we are eating, um, we absolutely can, you know, experience more positive emotions, we can bring our negative emotions to the table and ask for God's help um, in, in feeling better as we eat and and to receive this food as a gift, as a reminder of God's love, as a reminder that God is with us, and a, as a reminder that God is providing good things for us.
0: Yeah, and I think that fits well nextly, <laughs> nextly, nextly, not a word, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but fits well into our next point of, mindfulness is really crucial in honoring our bodies and and the reason why is as we've talked about in the past I think it's really important to be mindful in order to eat in an intuitive way um but yeah with this notion of honoring our bodies I think to honor our bodies includes both seeking the body's delight so um embracing gifts of pleasure, like eating something um, yummy, but also seeking the body's holistic health. So that includes, yes, physical health and emotional health and spiritual health and all these things. Um, And just remembering the reason why we can and should seek our body's delight and our body's holistic health is because our bodies are good. Our bodies are worthy already as they are because they are made by God.
1: Yeah, that's such a beautiful way to look at it. And, and even now it makes me think of, right, this language of our bodies are worthy of being honored because God honors them and God loves them and God created them. Why can't we honor them by en- enjoying dessert after, uh, you know, a hard day, especially if we enjoy that dessert in an emotionally healthy way as we've been outlining?
0: Yeah, and then our last point is that I think in order for eating to be done in an emotionally healthy way, We have to recognize both that food is good, but also that food is not everything. That not only are there often many other things that we need to do to address our emotions in a healthy way, but also that nothing can really take the place of God that offers true satisfaction. So I think, again, I want to be careful here because I think food, in the ways that we eat, we can experience our satisfaction in God because we can, as we've been talking about, see God in food, see God as the provider of our food, um, but also remembering always that God ultimately is our all in all, that um, these bits of creation that point us to joy and delight um, are all offering a reflection of what God offers us.
1: Allow me to conclude with an example of, I try not to toot my own horn too much, but, but an example of what I think emotional eating done right um, could look like. Earlier this week, I had a really bad day. I was getting anxious about busyness and, and stress and um, you know how, how much was on my schedule. And I got home and I was looking... Um, You know, looking for just something to to take the edge off off my bad day. And Megan knew I was having a bad day and actually had made me these little truffle balls, um, these wonderful little fudge chocolate dessert things. Um, And I think in the past, or or, I mean, there was definitely a version of that story where I just eat like six of those in quick succession, feel terrible, you know, don't address my emotions. But I actually took those, um, you know, wonderful little truffles as an example or an opportunity um, to slow down. To remember God's provision, to taste God's sweetness and the sweetness of God's love for me, um, the fact that God was with me. And as I slowly enjoyed those truffles, I started to feel better and started to feel, you know, Megan's love for me and how I could feel God's love for me through that. Um, and, and the sweetness of that food, I was able to remember the good parts of creation and the good parts of how God provides. Um, and, and, and it was such a beautiful example for me and, and one I want to take forward myself.
0: Thanks, like for sharing that. And I, I think as you were talking, it reminded me of that verse to taste and see that the Lord is good. So as we conclude and, and as you think about what emotional eating done right looks like, we want you to think of that idea of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, of savoring whatever food you're eating and remembering God's goodness, God's provision in it, um, and knowing that it's okay to delight in food um, because food is is more than just a bunch of nutrients and numbers. Food is a good gift from the Lord.